Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, April the 13th, 2020. We are reading from the Big Book, and we are at page 103, the first paragraph. We are careful never to show intolerance or hatred. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Kathy C., Twelve Traditions, Diane B., and readers of the text, Craig F., Russ M., and Elizabeth D. The reference number for yesterday's special edition, Sunday, April the 12th, is 14423. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kathy C. to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Kathy. Press star one to unmute. Okay, we're not hearing from Kathy. Elizabeth D., do you have them handy? No? Okay. How about I yes, just go? I have, oh. I, have, I have them handy. Okay, Elizabeth, could you go ahead for us, please, then? Sure. Uh, my name is Elizabeth Drouette. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from from the Boston area. Um, um, These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Just turning to the page. Can you give me the page? 58. Thank you. My apologies. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all, all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 
Eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcohol-compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Elizabeth D. And the 12 Traditions, Diane B. Good morning. This is Diane B., New Rochelle, New York, recovered today. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, excuse me, six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Diane B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 103, the first paragraph, we are careful. And Craig F., could you get us started, please? 
Press star one to unmute, Craig. Good morning. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, thank you. Um, okay. Uh, we are careful never to show intolerance or hatred of drinking as an institution. Experience shows that such an attitude is not helpful to anyone. Every new alcoholic looks for this spirit among us and is immensely relieved when he finds we are not witch burners. A spirit of intolerance might repel alcoholics whose lives would have been saved could have been saved had it not been for such stupidity. We would not even do this cause of temperate drinking any good, for not one drinker in a thousand likes to be told anything about alcohol by one who hates it. Um, you know, we look for <clears throat> ways to uh, um, uh, uh, identify with this and, and uh, change it. And this is talking about intolerance towards alcohol. And so I guess the first thing I'd have to do is look for ways that we show intolerance, might show intolerance, that would turn off a, a newcomer to the program. And, you know, um, I, I would say that if we, if we show um, intolerance towards uh, being overweight or underweight, you know, if we uh, uh, act in a way uh, that... Um, Shows that we uh, that we are not uh, tolerant of that, not understanding of the disease and the effects of the disease. That 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 would turn people off. We we you know having been through what we've been through collectively, we probably should be the most tolerant uh, of that. Now that doesn't mean that we uh, that we don't um, uh, encourage people in a way that uh, that they can put the effects of the disease behind them, but it means that we 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 don't act condescend, condescending and and look down at people uh, because they're um, because they have the physical uh, they're dragging the physical effects of the disease behind them. Um, another way we could show intolerance and and uh, and turn people off would be to be um, uh, intolerant of people that eat any other way than we do. You know, uh, you're, you can't be you can't be uh, abstinent if you're not vegan, vegan, or you can't be abstinent if you if you uh, still eat uh, sugar or flour. Now, I I don't eat sugar or flour, but um, you know, I, I if I act intolerant to people that that aren't uh, haven't come to that same conclusion or or don't have that the same reaction as I do, then, um, you know, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not being tolerant. I'm not being open, um, to, uh, to the fact that this disease manifests itself differently in different people. You know, I, I, I don't eat cheese or nuts. Um, you know, that doesn't mean you can't, uh, it means that, that that's how I react, uh, that my, that I've over, I've overdone that uh, privilege, and that 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 uh, eating those things has a reaction on me that uh, set that triggers the disease. But I, I can't uh, I can't project that off on you. I can't project that off on on a newcomer and tell them that that's what they have to do. You know, they they need to discover their own food plan. Um, so um, 
you know, I, I have to look for ways that I'm being not just intolerant, but condescending, you know, um, it, it's awful easy to, for, for us as people to be, uh, unconsciously condescending, condescending and say, you know, I have this spiritual way of life, you know, I, Time and, uh, and, and, uh, it doesn't help. It's not spiritual to be that way. So, um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig F. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every three days in order that others might share their experience too. So for us, that means if you shared on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday last week, please step back and let others share. Please say your name just once as it helps me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Elizabeth D. Karen G. G. What paragraph are we on, please? Linda D. We're on. Okay. I'll so tell you in a minute. Nancy L. in Georgia. Okay, I have my list. Thank you. Let me tell you who I heard. I heard Elizabeth D. Karen G. Linda D. I believe I heard Kim G. Somebody M. And Nancy L. And we are on page 103, the first paragraph. We are careful never to show intolerance or hatred. Elizabeth C., would you like to start us off, please? Yes, Lynn, can I be heard? Thank you. Um, thanks, Lynn, for your service. I'm grateful for this meeting this morning. Uh, there's a lot going on in this paragraph for me. Um, and um, I find it especially interesting, the bluntness with which the writers describe the primary theme of this, par- of this paragraph, which is intolerance. Um, where it says, a spirit of intolerance might repel alcoholics whose lives could have been saved had it not been for such stupidity. Um, clearly, there's, they have some strong feelings around this. And I, I don't know if there's anyone, we may have one or two AA historians on the line who could maybe um, talk about this in more detail. But I, I think that if we kind of translate this into 1930s, um, I think what they're probably referring to is the temperance movement, and no doubt, you know, they, they, uh, the alcoholics that were writing this didn't have, uh, there wasn't a lot of love lost around the, te- the people in the temperance movement. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, it's just very interesting that they, uh, and curious that they, that they equate intolerance with actual stupidity. Um, but I can tell you that um, in my life, um, and putting this into the context of my life, um, intolerance um, or as stupidity, or you know, I would more than more than stupidity, I'd call it ignorance, um, is right on the money for me. I know when I was when I was morbidly obese in my in my life, binge eating without a program of recovery, and um, or or even having gotten some recovery in a way, and then relapsing over and over again, and putting on sixty pounds in two to three months. And um, going up again to morbid obesity, you know, it's been true for me that when a family member shared with me their concern over my unhealthy eating habits and, and obviously the dire consequences of my obesity, um, far from modifying my behavior, these kinds of comments 
which of course were spoken in love and concern, but they would generally send me to even deeper into the food um, because it brought up the shame and, and my guilt and, um, and comments like these would really repel me for sure. Um, so I, I, I really relate to what this says from my own experience, but I also think that if I study this paragraph even more closely in the context of my recovery over, over the last 33 years I've been in OA, um, to sort of mirror what um, the prior speaker talked about, um, I can see that I have been intolerant within the fellowship myself. Um, having been in a way for all these years, I've, you know, we've all seen our fellowship break into factions. One faction emphasizes moderating, another faction emphasizes strict, rigid food plan. Um, and some factions have even left OA because of disagreement over practices. Um, I'm so grateful today for the, for the unity that is in OA for today. But I can tell you in those years, 10 years ago, when I was in one of those factions, um, and I was in it for a while, I, I, uh, and I practiced recovery within, um, within one of those factions, I could be pretty intolerant and judgmental of the ways and practices and doctrines of the others. Um, and, you know, if Time, I could do a speak, thanks, um, you didn't agree with the way I did things, I would jettison you without a thought. The point here is, over the years, my higher power has shown me that how ignorant and useless standing in judgment can be. And that the whole point of this is to do what it says in the previous paragraph, to be of maximum service to others, and letting go of my intolerance, and doing what my sponsor says, which is not stand in judgment of anyone, is really where I need to be, and I'll pass. Thank you, Elizabeth D. Karen G., it's your turn, followed by Linda D. Please go ahead, Karen. Thank you very much. Um, this is Karen G., so gratefully recovered in New Jersey. I um, haven't spoken on the line in a very long time. I, I just finished up my 12 steps, and I am recovered. Um, Although I have to tell you, this was such a hard weekend, and um, I am so, so grateful for this program and for God. I, I have been restless, irritable, and discontent, and I couldn't figure out why. And I think that yesterday's special edition just really triggered something in me. And um, I realized after praying and sleeping on it that I'm always judging myself as not being enough, not being lovable. I'm always judging my looks, and I'm always lacking. And then I feel shame for judging myself, so I judge myself some more. And then I was writing out 10 steps and writing out 10 steps, and I, I just, nothing felt right until finally this morning I realized that I was angry. I was angry at God because I'm being forced to watch my husband and my kids kill themselves with food. And then I realized after listening to this reading, it was just sent by God because I, I realized that I am showing complete intolerance of overeating, eating sugar, eating flour, not eating vegetables and fruits, and I'm being completely intolerant. And this is not helpful to them. And I thank God so much for this paragraph today of all days when I just figured out this morning that I'm angry with him and he gives me this beautiful paragraph because, you know, I, I, that's what I've been doing. I have been intolerant 
And now that I see that and God has shown me the truth, I feel like such a weight has been lifted. And I want to be helpful. That's, some, that's the thing I want to do more than anything and, and not selfishly helpful. I, I want to help my family. And I, and I see that my intolerance is repelling them. And, and only my tolerance and my love and my, my faith in God will demonstrate to them that he can solve all my problems. And I just, I'm so blessed and so grateful for this program. Thank you for letting me share. <clears throat> Thank you, Karen G. Linda D., it's your turn. And then somebody M wanted to share. So Linda, please go ahead. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. in Connecticut. I'm laughing. I'm sitting in the kitchen and I'm laughing because um, a couple days ago I was in a major store that we all know about. It's one of those super stores that has everything, food and everything. And the whole thing is cordoned off and everybody has a mask and pretty much everybody and they're doing a really good job. And I'm there and I have an opinion about everything and everyone because I'm scared to death of COVID-19. I'm uh, scared for other people, and I'm scared of, of other people and the non-masked people, and all of, that's all normal. All of that's human stuff. It's very hard to be human, and I spent nine-tenths of my life being self-destructive, didn't know I was doing it. They don't know they're doing it if they're doing it. And the best that I can do, and this is sad in some cases, very sad, is watch it happen and pray for them. I have now been given, thank you God for God, through these steps, through, through OA, of course, through the big book, through all of you, especially, especially um, this meeting, uh, my sponsor. And footwork, and my footwork is don't overeat, do the steps like your hair's on fire, because you know what? It is. And that doesn't mean I have to run scared, even in a crisis. I'm not running scared, but I can hear the monologue in my head, and I choose, I have the choice now, to turn it into something positive and start praying for people. People honestly don't know they're self-destructive. I didn't. And it's sad. And I can pray for them. They have a God, whether they know it or not. I didn't even know. So pray for them and live it. Live it, Linda. The joy of living, gratitude, service, and all that stuff, that's all real. I'm so grateful for you to be there for me today. I needed you in the middle of Walmart. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Linda D. Was there somebody, M, who wanted to share that I couldn't hear? Hello. My name is Phil M, and I'm calling from Northern Ireland, gratefully recovering compulsive overeater. Um, Welcome. Yes. <laughs> this is my first time to share. Um, but, yeah, it, it really speaks to me that I struggled with a vision for you 
uh, at the start because of the, the strong requirements of entire abstinence. But somehow, you know, through the uh, set aside prayer and so on, was given the grace to accept that as far as sugar was concerned. Then I also was very blessed to go to the conference, which was fantastic. One thing that I found uh, possibly a bit off-putting was when I shared with one of the members that I, as for a snack or, or two snacks, had two handfuls of nuts, and she looked quite disapproving. And uh, it rattled my cage a little bit. I did find it a bit off-putting. Um, I thought, oh, I've taken on board so much already and want me to take more on board. And none of us likes to be judged. And I'm a chief judger myself of, of people. So I have to watch that. Um, now, my abstinence has you know, developed, as it does with most of us. And I no longer eat roasted salted nuts. I eat them plain. Um, so, you know, we're, we're all different. We all have, have different... Uh, triggers or whatever and um, I think that that taught me a lesson to try and be a bit more uh, a bit more uh, compassionate and she's a perfectly lovely lady and if you're listening don't worry a thing about it <laughs> you know it's just how we are and I've uh, recently had the joy of sponsoring but I've also discovered my inner tyrant and I've had to apologize to uh, my sponsees for when I'm over-directed. Uh, um, they have a HP. I'm not it. And I do have to remind myself that because my big ego will definitely get in the way. And I just really value these meetings. And thank you all very much for being there with that El Pass. Thank you, Phil M. And Kim G., it's your turn, followed by Nancy L. Please go ahead, Kim. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim J, and I've been recovered since January 2011. We are careful never to show intolerance or hatred of drinking as an institution. You know, I have a spoiler alert for you all. Um, diets work. You know, if you reduce your calories and you increase your activity, you're going to lose weight. So why can't I do that as a real compulsive overeater? That's what this book educates me. You know, I have an allergy of the body. When I ingest certain foods, certain ingredients, and certain behaviors, I can't reasonably predict what's going to happen. I break out in a phenomenon of craving. And I have a mental twist that I can't get comfortable while I'm abstinent, and therefore it compels me to go back for ease and comfort to those foods that I'm allergic to. So put simply, I have a body that won't let me eat safely, and I have a mind that tells me that I can. That's the definition of powerlessness. That's what makes me a distinct entity in the doctor's opinion. And that's why I cannot do these diet programs that work for the people who are not part of that, that distinct entity. And my job is not to bash them. You know, I remember a girl at work had the sleeve surgery and she came back and she had lost all this weight. And I went down and talked to her and had a conversation. She obviously was not a compulsive overeater. She was someone that ate a lot of calories, didn't work out. And when she had this surgery, it, sure, it, it cured her. And that's why doctors are so confused. If it worked for my friend at work, why won't it work for someone like me? I had a friend in AA, Amber, that she went to five different rehabs for bulimia. But she was an alcoholic and a cocaine addict. And once she had a spiritual awakening in AA, she never needed to come to OA because she was the hard eater. 
She didn't need a 12-step program for her food. I personally am the hard drinker. I drank alcoholic for 10 years. Consequences made me stop drinking, but I'm the real compulsive overeater, which is why I'm not a member of AA. I'm a member of OA. See, because OA, we've got to be clear, OA is not for the moderate eater. So people who come to OA, get a diet, talk about their feelings, and they're okay and often stop having to go to meetings, they're not the real compulsive overeater. Those that come into OA and work a tools-only program that the discipline of the food plan and the structured way of living and the joy of the fellowship is enough for them, they're not the real compulsive overeater either. Now, they are welcome because of the third tradition. Personally, I like the long form of the third tradition, which I think is more clear, that says our membership ought to include all who suffer from alcoholism, hence we may refuse none who wish to recover. But I want to end with this. As we're ending this chapter, the steps, the traditions, the concepts are all in we. You know what's not in we? It's the OA Responsibility Pledge. It says, always to extend the hand and heart of OA to, to all who share my compulsion. For this, I am responsible. How many of us are taking that seriously today? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. And Nancy L., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Nancy. Press star one to unmute. Thank you. Thank you for being here this morning. I'm Nancy L. in Georgia. I'm a recovered overeater, and I just appreciate your service and knowing that I can dial this number, and there will be my fellows who are compulsive eaters like I am. Um, I like this paragraph that was read this morning so much because uh, one of my character defects that God has removed is judgment of others, being judgmental toward others, uh, wanting to give advice um, and make things right for other people, and I'm not God, so I quit doing that. Thanks be to my God, the God of my understanding. I still have a sadness in my heart when I see someone who is suffering from obesity. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a diagnostician. For this disease, so I don't know if their their malady is from being a compulsive overeater, or is it just that they eat too much, too much, too often. Um, so I try not to do my diagnosing my diagnosing anymore, and leave that to the, my higher power. And if and when. He puts someone in my life that is suffering from the same disease I am, then I'm willing to share my experience, strength, and hope, and perhaps be a help to them. But I pray that I won't be intolerant of people, whether they're overeaters or they're compulsive overeaters, um, and that I will just be there to help my fellows along their their life journey because this is a journey and once we determine that we have the disease of compulsive overeating 
and we turn that over to God, then we can be a help to other people that God puts in our life. So I thank you, thank each of you for being here to share your disease with me and your recovery with me. And may I share something this morning that would help a compulsive overeater. And I thank you and I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy L. So for those of us who might have come on a little bit later this morning, we are on page 103. The first paragraph, we are careful never to show intolerance or hatred. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every three days in order that others might have their experience too. So for us, that means if you shared on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday last week, please step back and let others take a turn. And please say your name once only. It helps me hear everyone. Who would like to share? Joe A. Okay, I heard Shlomi Hana B and Joe A. Anyone else? Joe C. Okay, I've got Cindy M and Joni C. Anyone else? Leslie okay. K. Leslie K. All right. Let's go with that lineup then, please. We have Shlomi Hana B, Joe A, Cindy M. Joni C and Leslie K, I believe I heard. So, Shlomi Hana B, please go ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for your service. And thank you, everybody, for being on this line. I'm Shlomi Hana B. So grateful to be here. Um, really missed this meeting over the Passover holidays. Um, so, I really appreciate this uh, paragraph. You know, my sponsor and I have um, talked about the fact that it seems like we compulsive overeaters really tend to carry around a tremendous amount of shame. Um, I know that for myself as a compulsive overeater, um, I the shame, I tend to turn on myself. Um, so it is very easy when people show intolerance towards me to take them at their face value and to start bashing myself that I am so horrible or so bad and they must be right. And I think that that's very common for compulsive overeaters. And um, this is a very important paragraph because, um, you know, especially for those of us who are in recovery or have recovered, first of all, we really have no place at all to judge somebody else. Um, or even to judge the institution of compulsive overeating and turn somebody off um, because we've been there ourselves. And I know that if somebody had shown disdain, uh, you know, certainly for me, but, um, but even for compulsive overeating and really talked about, you know, 
had shown intolerance for it or talked about how bad it was, I would take that message and I would turn that on myself and start bashing myself that, see, somebody else is saying that, so they must be right. So I am awful, I'm bad, I need to be punished, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that would not at all set me into a place of recovery. You know, this is a disease of the mind as well, and um, of the mind and the spirit as well as the body. And um, the first step, I think, is just being able to, at least for me, it's being able to admit that I am just so powerless over this disease, but that does not make me a horrible person. It just means that I'm powerless and that I need a program in order to cling on to a power greater than myself that can help me overcome this. And that's the only way. And, um, you know, when I meet with other compulsive overeaters or I speak with other compulsive overeaters, um, I can often just feel the pain that they're in because it is painful. It's tremendously, tremendously painful, horribly painful to be in disease. Thank you. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Shlomi Hana B. Joe A., it's your turn, followed by Cindy M., Please go ahead, Joe. Press star one to unmute, Joe. Hi, I'm Joe A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. And this paragraph really touches close to my heart. Um, I think OA as a fellowship tends to be more judgmental than some of the other fellowships I've attended. I've been to some other fellowships and um, they just, it's like, well, we don't care if you practice your addiction in the parking lot. You're here for an hour and you're not practicing your addiction now. Whereas in OA, I've had people say, well, you don't have 90 days, so you have nothing to say. And also another thing that I hear sometimes in OA is the sponsors say, one of my sponsees picked up, so I dropped him. When I hear that, that upsets me because it's like, this is the time that your sponsee needs you the most. When they've picked up and you just drop them, it just adds to the compulsion and I, I really wrestle with this. And when I speak at a meeting, I do try to put that word out that, you know, our fellowship keeps shrinking. And I think a lot of it is because of the judgmental attitudes of some members. And uh, I just wanted to share on that. And thank you for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you, Joe A. Cindy M., it's your turn, followed by Joni C. Please go ahead, Cindy. Hi, this is Cindy M., um, recovered compulsive overeater from Cantel, Pennsylvania. And um, this this word tolerance and um, and hatred of when it says hatred of drinking as an ins- uh, yeah as an institution, um, I. I am really, I'm really guilty of this kind of thing. I, 
Um, I'm married to somebody who can eat lots of sweets and, and is like, you know, just doesn't really care about nutrition or anything like that. And I've always been into nutrition and, um, and I just, I have given him such a hard time over the years and, um, and have been so intolerant of his, um, his eating habits. And well, frankly, intolerant of a lot of things about him. And um, this paragraph just reminds me of a a speaker I heard the other day saying, um, when we are focusing on somebody else and all that's wrong with them, it's because we're trying to build up, build up ourselves. And, um, and it just hit me so hard because I, I always knew that, but I didn't know it in this context, like that, you know, it's not a, it's not something I'm thinking about. Oh, I'm going to cut him down so that I feel better about me. I don't think about that, but the truth is I do think I'm better and, and that that's a problem. So, you know, the grace of God is, is who's responsible for me getting this abstinence and getting um, any growth that I have, I I really am a judgmental person and and intolerant, and I I'm so grateful for this program and how it shows me um, in a in a gentle, loving way that that's what I'm doing, and it makes it so that I I feel humble but not humiliated, and um, my shame button doesn't get pushed by that. It just pushes me straight to my higher power for help and, um, and you people. I, I just appreciate this program so much and, and all that, all the service and all the sponsors and all the sponsees. And I mean, it's just, this has just been a real life changer. So I'm looking forward to more change, and um, I'm just so grateful that I got to share on the line this morning. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Joni. Sorry, Cindy M. Joni C., it's your turn, followed by Leslie K. Please go ahead, Joni. This is Joni C. from Minnesota. Uh, uh, Thank you for your service. Uh, I just want to say that... uh, I, this is, to me, I think this is a very, very important paragraph, uh, especially when we're trying to um, help others who aren't recovered. Um, I know myself, whenever I had that judgment or, you know, they just looked down their nose at me for for my eating and for my weight, I would just go the other, I'd eat more. I would, I'd totally eat more, not in their presence. <laughs> but uh, when I was alone, I'd eat more and I just felt terrible. And I don't want to make anybody else feel like that. So it, I think it's really important. I'm newly recovered, so I... This is a good reminder, and I, uh, I just—that's it. I just want to pass and thank you. Thank you, Joni C. and Leslie K. It's your turn. Please go ahead. 
Hi, I'm Leslie Kay here in the UK, recovering compulsive overeater. And um, I've just recently been in recovery with OA, although I've been doing the program for some time now in OA, but I'm learning a new happiness at the moment. Um, I've been recovered in AA for over 10 years. But it didn't bring me happiness. I was like Bill W. I still had a depression, a really dark depression. And being in that depression didn't give me the characteristics to be tolerant and loving of anyone else. And I could find myself being intolerant, judgmental and vengeful um, of others. And what I didn't realize was I was still... um, hiding my feelings my true feelings and masking everything in the food it took me a long time to come to the realization that the food was really damaging me and you know i am i am a typical addict with all the defects and um what i'm finding in oa is this recent um recovery that i'm experiencing i really am grabbing this both hands i do not want to let this go because i have got to that place already where I feel like I've been catapulted into the fourth dimension. I'm knowing happiness, peace and usefulness in a way I never knew before. AA gave me a life I never had. OA has given me a life I enjoy and for that I'm grateful and thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Leslie Kay. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later, we are on page 103. The first paragraph, we are careful never to show intolerance or hatred. And the line is now open for sharing. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every three days in order that others might share their experience too. So for us, that means if you shared on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday last week, please step back and let others have a turn. So who would like to share? And please say your name just once. It helps me hear you. Sally A. Jen A. Okay. Maureen Sally. Great. Thank you. I heard Sally A, Jen A, and Maureen L. We might have time for one more. Tessa Q. Perfect. Okay. Let's go with that lineup. Thank you. Sally A, Jen A. Maureen L. and Tessa Q. Please go ahead, Sally. Hi, good morning, everyone. I'm Sally A. from New Jersey. Thank you, uh, moderator. Um, What I can share about this passage is that um, as a recovering addict, like, I didn't want to hear that what I was doing was wrong uh, or bad or, you know, I already suffered, you know, feelings of inadequacy and low self-esteem. So, I didn't want to get shamed, you know, when I came to the rooms. And I remember I had a sponsor that really helped me understand the disease in such a way where she didn't shame the behaviors or the foods and, you know, and told me about her experience. Like, yeah, you know, sugar, you know, that was my best friend. That's what helped me cope. You know, had it not been for these foods, I probably would have committed suicide a long time ago or, you know, something like that. So it made me feel like, you know, what I was doing was actually attempting to care for myself, although it was misguided and and and, and not healthy and, and toxic. But, 
you know, that's like not what I needed to hear, you know. Um, Later on, when I got more recovery, I could hear, you know, about how dangerous, you know, my behaviors were and that sugar isn't necessarily isn't necessarily the demon for everyone, you know, like they put it in medications to make them more palpable, you know, um, things like that. But for some of us, they're lethal and dangerous. But I think, you know, it's like, you know, I, I liked hearing that, you know, it did help me at one point, but it doesn't help me anymore. In fact, it's hurting me. Um, so that's all I have for sharing. Thanks for letting me share. Take care. Thank you, Sally A. Jen A., it's your turn, followed by Maureen L. Please go ahead, Jen. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. This is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater anorexic and bulimic from Colorado this morning. We are careful. Wow, that is a caution statement to me. Warning, Jennifer, never show intolerance or hatred of compulsive overeating, anorexia, or bulimia as an institution. This is a huge warning for me. It's a big caution. It's in yellow in my book. Why? Because I have to remember that if I come with an attitude, which it says in the next line, right, if I come with a stance um, of better than or less than, because we all come in here at high, high, or lows, lows, right, how can I really be of maximum service to others? That's what this working with others paragraph is teaching me today, right? If I am intolerant, I am lacking open-mindedness to the people around me. I am not practicing goodwill or patience. I am not being sympathetic at all. And guess what? I am judging your beliefs and the practices that you believe in. And let me tell you, judgment is, I've heard that this morning a lot on the lines this morning, that is a big character defect for me. Why? Because I judge others because I was judged my entire life. I was judged when I, when I sit in an Overeaters Anonymous meeting. What's that thin girl doing sitting here? I sat at a table once with a group of compulsive overeaters at lunch, and they were like, oh, are you here to support these people you're here with? No, I'm one of you, right? So how broad-minded can I be? How tolerant can I be of people? And hatred, that's such a strong word. My kids used to say, I hate you. And I would be, we always say this, we don't use the word hate. We don't hate anything or anyone, right? Hate is a resentment. That's as far away from God as this girl wants to be. I want to be love. And let's remember what this code is that we live by in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous when we get to the end of this chapter. It is what love and tolerance is my code. And the, maybe the reason that we are so intolerant and hate, hateful, hate, uh, hateful of others is because it's the mirror that they're holding up to us, that we see that person in us. Working with others gives me a huge reflection of me every day, every sponsee, at work, even with my kids. I'm so grateful today that in this program, I have become a lover, not a fighter. Thank you, God, for rearranging a girl like me. And if that judgmentalness comes up, if that intolerance and hatred comes into my heart, please, please get it out. Help me to do the work to lean in closer to you and further away from the lies and the deceit and the anchors that are dragging me down. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. We have four minutes left and two people who'd like to share. So if we could each take two minutes. Both people will get on. Maureen L., it's your turn, followed by Tessa Q. Please go ahead, Maureen. 
Hi, this is Maureen from Acton. And I have been, I've never talked in this line before, excuse me, but uh, I've been, I haven't had flour and sugar now for almost three years, but I'm still an addict. While I am in a thin body, I have had dinners that have been on time, and I've, I could binge on a rice cake or a piece of fruit. And I have a sponsor who, when I have disclosed to her, honestly, as is my job, will say, when I have run afoul of my meal plan, who had greeted me with empathy and with compassion, rather than judgment. And as addicts, many of us are awfully hard on ourselves. So being greeted by empathy gives us an opportunity to treat ourselves as our higher power does, as people along the way who are learning and who are striving to make a better choice with his guidance uh, today. And I just say in the midst of this COVID-19 mess, I'm parenting four young children and well, four teens, that worse than young, <laughs> uh, in a house and trying to maintain my job. And every morning because of the program, I wake up early, I take a walk in the woods, and if you listen, you might hear the birds behind me. And I listen to all of you sharing your experience and strength. And that gives me uh, the promise that today is going to be just fine if I do what I'm supposed to do, which is so simple. Commit my food, put it on the scale, ask God for help, and direct my actions in all of my affairs. And if for the days I've been perfectly, I've done it well enough. And I know I'm not alone in this and either is anyone on this line. So thank you. Thank you for all who shared. And I wish you all a wonderful day. It needs a real time. Thanks. Thank you, Maureen L. And Tessa Q, you'll be our last person to share. Please go ahead. Thank you so much, moderator, and thank you so much to everyone on the line. Thank you for your service, and I'm so grateful to be here. So I'm going into a sordid place, and um, some people call it work, um, and I'm going in for seven days, 12 hours a day, and I can actually be useful here, and I can be tolerant. I came into OA from a different fellowship, and when I came in, I copped a resentment. And I really don't recommend this. I carried that resentment with me for 19 years because I was intolerant. And when I came back from relapse, I let go of it. Thank you so much for letting me share. And thank you, Tessa, too. And thank you to everyone who shared and to Marvelous Team Monday. Please join us for a second unrecovered hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Monday, April the 13th, 7 a.m. meeting is 14426. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Ressam please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Please go ahead, Russ. Thanks, Lynn. Russ M. Recover Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own, own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourselves to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. 
we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.